When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Greeny with Mike Greenberg, the podcast. All right, Greeny with you here on ESPN Radio. Uh, we are presented by Progressive Insurance. We're coming to you live, as always, about the Heineken River Deck at Pier 17. So much in the hopper here is, and now get set to go to Denver. I will admit, I was emotionally torn watching this series because as a, as a born and raised native New Yorker, there was nothing in me that wants to root for the Celtics. But for my own travel purposes, (laughs) it would have been so much easier for me if Boston had won this series. I can come home between games. I now have to leave tomorrow for Denver and be prepared to be gone for two and a half weeks, which no, no one on earth should feel sorry for me. It is the greatest job I could ever possibly imagine. The reasons I'm going to be gone are because I get to cover the freaking NBA finals for ABC. That's the greatest blessing I've ever had. Having said that, I would love to come home for a day or two in the middle, change clothes, get a couple of different suits. Traveling with all this stuff, I don't find easy. I'm going to get tips on that from my man, Fredell. So let me bring Nick Fredell into the conversation. We're going to dive in a minute into what to expect in the NBA Finals, what to expect from the Celtics and their future after their implosion, how the hell the Miami Heat did all of this. We'll get to all of that, okay? I get that that's what the sports fans want to hear. But the show is called Greeny, and so I have some questions. Fredell, you travel for a living. I haven't done that in a long time. I used to cover the Bulls in the 90s. Back when I was working in radio, I didn't need anything but a pair of jeans and a microphone. It didn't make a damn bit of difference what I was wearing. I got Now I got to travel. I got to have suits. I got to have this and that. Right in the middle of it is my daughter's college graduation, so I got to have clothes for that. How do you pack for a two-and-a-half-week trip in which you have to be on television? Greeny, it's all about the shirts. I have 20 different shirts in two checked bags right now. Mm. I've got four or five blazers. I'll probably buy one once we get to Denver. But if you have the clean shirts, everything else falls into place. Mm. And you've got slacks and suits. But it's it's the shirts for me. I just You're talking to somebody who hasn't checked a bag all year, and now I've checked two. <laughs> because That's the you're thing, going on the road Fidel. for two and a half weeks. I have I've been a, on the road for two and a half weeks. I don't check bags. See, that, that you've now identified hey, the you problem. You do now, baby. That, that's what I mean. Stace and I will go to Europe for two weeks, not, no check bags. I don't like it. I don't like it. I don't trust it. You never know if you're ever going to see it again. Like when I check a bag, I say goodbye to all the things I'm putting into it in case it's the last time we're ever together. You got to wait there around that. that I, I, what is that thing called? The thing that goes around and around, and you got to stand there like an idiot waiting for which one. And if your bag looks, looks like someone else's, you got to stay. What's it called? The carousel? The you got to stand there by that thing. And now this guy comes over, and this idiot thinks your bag is his bag, and I think my bag is his bag. And now we're looking at each other like dopes. It's just the, it's just the worst moment of the entire trip. And now I think I'm in a situation where I'm going to be forced to experience it for Dell. You have no other choice. 
<laughs> when you're a big TV star, Greeny, yeah. like you are, you, you better check bags. Yeah. You have no other option because you have to be ready at any point to to go on and be ready to roll. So the check bags at this point in the season are just part of the process. And think of it this way. You get some extra time on South Beach. There are way worse cities we could be in that's <laughs> than true. Miami for a few days. No, that's true. So, uh, so there's always a silver lining. Yeah, we're going to Miami in the middle of it, and that'll all be well and good and fun. It'll be hot, uh, but hence the need for uh, extra shirts. Okay, uh, Fidel, let's then get down to business. The Heat packed for a long trip as they went to Boston because they had every intention of going from there to Denver. I did not expect it, and I don't think most of the world expected it. How do you explain Miami winning last night and winning the series? Because they are one of the most mentally tough teams I've ever seen. Greeny, they believe that they will find a way. And Eric Spolstra has talked about it many times throughout the course of this season and in years past. And and people across the league roll their eyes. But the difference is Spolstra has it in this team's brain that they have a Navy SEAL mentality in that you can drop them in any place and they will find a way to do what they need to do. And it doesn't matter what the rest of the world thinks because the Heat believe it, and they bring in players into their program who believe that the work is important, and they believe that the mindset of doing everything we need that night can get them through whatever situation they're in. And when you have that type of belief with a team that – nobody expected to get to this point and you have Spolstra calling the shots and Jimmy Butler as the leader of that group, then these kinds of things that can happen. But what's most impressive to me is Greeny, I was in that locker room after game six. It was one of the quietest rooms I've ever been in after a game for them to get over the emotional hurdle of seeing white shot go in at the buzzer and then going into Boston after losing three straight and winning a game seven, it's one of the most impressive things I've seen in all my years covering the league. I agree with you. Fidel with me here on ESPN Radio. Thoroughly agree. That was a knockout punch, Fidel. That is a punch no one gets off the mat from. And they did it immediately. They got right up, and I give the credit for that to the the combination of Spolstra and Butler. I think you can't separate them. I, I, you can't say it's more the coach or it's more the star. It is the way the two of them are intertwined. Spolstra is just a mentally tough dude. Butler is a mentally tough dude. And their relationship then permeates to everyone else. Everyone else feeds off of that. And and that's how that's the only way I can think of to explain it. Absolutely. And, and Greeny, I think the key for people are just starting to look at what the Heat have done. And they're going, wait, 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 wait. Uh, and AT did this. To me, having been around the league as long as we have, the Heat are the closest thing that the NBA has to a college program. They bring in guys that they believe can fit their system and their style, and they grow with them. So Caleb Barton, who didn't play a second in Game 7 a year ago against the Celtics, comes in, continues to work, had been on a two-way, was in the G League, boom. He's a guy who is a gigantic key that Miami's going to the finals right now. Gabe Vincent 
who hadn't played a lot in the last couple seasons, comes in now and takes advantage of his moment. Duncan Robinson, who was out of the rotation for most of the year, had some really nice games and hit some big shots throughout this series. Max Struess. I mean, the, the, the list goes on and on. The reality, though, is this team finds players that know that they can contribute and aren't swayed by the moment. And that's why you have success no matter the situation. And that's why after taking such a gut punch the other night, they were able to pull themselves back up and find a way to win. And and what you have just described, Nick Friedel, is the 180-degree opposite of what I think we have to say the Celtics are, right? I mean, at the the end of the day, you called them front runners, and and Alan Hahn has continued – to quote that uh, all day long since you said it, because it was such a good way to put it. The Celtics are, are, are there for you, win or tie. <laughs> all right? I mean, if, if, when everything is going well, they're right there. But when the chips go down, when, when, the tr- when there was trouble, they don't have anyone, and that includes Tatum and Brown and the coach and anybody. They don't have anybody who rises to the moment when things start to get tough. And I don't know, I don't know how to explain it, but that's the reality. How, how, how do you sum up the Celtics after this seven-game disappointment? Not good enough. And they haven't been for a few years now, Greeny. And that starts at the top. And a lot of people wanted to anoint Jason Tatum going into this season, MVP candidate. This is his time. He can take another step. We didn't. And he's the guy who sets the tone for everybody else in that room. And there's going to be a lot of focus on Dylan Brown with the potential contract that's on the way he didn't show up. Now, I couldn't agree with you more. It was refreshing to hear. He he didn't show up, and then he didn't make excuses for not showing up. He Mm -hmm. said, hey, it's on me. (laughs) This is my fault. I've got to be better. But there is a clear difference, and it played out over these seven games. The Celtics only perform at their best when they get off to a lead and build on it rare, rare is the time where you see a Celtics team that runs into a bad place during the game and pulls itself out. And that is not the mark of a championship-caliber team. Because if you're going to win a title in the NBA, you are going to go through a whole bunch of ups and downs. And you have to be strong enough, both on the floor and off of it, to pull yourself out of whatever you're into. And the Celtics don't have that. And we could go through all the different reasons why, but they keep playing in all these big games. They're two games away from a title last season, and they keep finding ways not to get it done. I would not give up on this core. I still think it is within them. But this is a team that, as a group, has to find an edge that they don't have right now, and they have proven it over and over again that they can't live up to the moment. Greeny with you here on ESPN Radio. Reminder, you can watch our show every day on the ESPN app. Just click on watch, look for hashtag Greeny, and and enjoy. So final quick question for you, Fidel. From what you just said, it sounds to me like you're saying you just run it back. You bring it back, you don't change Tatum, you don't change Brown, you don't change the coach, you don't make a significant, there is no other really significant roster move you can make. You can tinker around the edges, but generally speaking, you're bringing this team back next year if you're Boston. I don't think you have much of a choice, Green. Everybody can say, oh, we'll break up Tatum and Brown. They're not going to make it happen. Change the coach. Missoula's not ready. You tell me 
what the better scenario is for Boston. They want to go through their fourth coach in four years. They want to break up a duo that has won them a ton of games over time. I don't see a viable option for them right now, which when you have those circumstances, you give uh, Brown that contract and you say, we believe in you. You're 26. You still have time. But if you're the Celtics, I don't think there is another option that gets you that much closer to finally getting over the hump and winning the title, which is exactly why you bring the core back. You hope everybody gets better together. You hope Missoula grows as a coach in his second year. And you say, we're going to be right back here next year. Let's hope for a better path than what we got this time. All right, let's see if they're able to do it. Fidel, outstanding work. Uh, I'm packing up my shirts, and I'll see you in Denver. <laughs> I'll see you tomorrow, my friend. All right, my man. Yeah, we'll be out there tomorrow night. Game one is Thursday night on ABC. So it goes Thursday, Sunday. Then we go back to Miami Wednesday, Friday. Then it goes the following Monday for Game 5, the following Thursday for Game 6, the following Sunday, Father's Day, for Game 7, if necessary, the Nuggets and the Heat. Coming up next, fascinating topic on the table. I'm dying to hear what you think of it, and you will get your chance to weigh in right after this on ESPN Radio. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day, but sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Greeny, the podcast. All right, Greeny with you here on ESPN Radio, presented by Progressive Insurance. Somewhat startling developments in the NBA. I I will admit I'm extraordinarily surprised. Um, Not at all what I expected to happen. I told you after game three I thought the Celtics were going to win. But I learned something from this series, and that is that I will never again say the team with the better players always wins in the NBA. I've always believed that. I believed it going back to when I was a kid, when I grew up basically in Madison Square Garden with my father with the cigar smoke wafting over the top of our heads in the 70s. And my belief from that moment all the way through all the years that I covered the league and all these years now that I've been sitting here running my mouth about it, that the team with the better players wins. And that was not the case in this series. The better team won. The Heat are the better team. That didn't mean the Celtics didn't have the better players. So they've got some huge decisions to make going forward. 
All right, we'll take some calls on that a little bit later. In the meantime, Bubba, two other things I wanted to get to. First of all, what is it that you have on my screen here? If every instinct you have is wrong, then the opposite would have to be right. I, I maintain, I remain one of the many people out there who are just Seinfeld devotees. Even after all these years, I still, I feel like it is almost as much, almost as omnipresent in my life as it was when it was actually a current show. What are you telling me is happening on August 19th? Yeah, the uh, Brooklyn Cyclones, mm-hmm. a team, a uh, minor league team, obviously in Brooklyn, are hosting Seinfeld Night, and they're going to have a George Costanza bobblehead, which I'm looking at right now, which is him on top of a whale. Okay, on top of a whale, which obviously goes back to the legendary marine biologist episode yep. in which uh, the sea was angry that day, my friends, like an old man trying to send back soup in a deli, which I think is actually my favorite line <laughs> in the show's history. Here's the question I have for you. Have the Mets done that? Have they had a Seinfeld night? Because why wouldn't they? I know that in the show, George went to work for the Yankees, right? and they had the character who was based on... Uh, the, the character who, who played George Steinbrenner, who, who was actually voiced by Larry David. Um, but but so the Yankees were sort of a big part of the show. Right. But Jerry is such a huge Met fan, and everyone knows it. Why wouldn't they have a Seinfeld? Yeah, fan? and I guess the only Seinfeld Mets thing was when they ho- did the whole thing with the uh, the second shooter. and uh, The second spitter. Yeah, well, yes. exactly, yeah. Um, but um, no, I, I, as far as I know, they have not. Um, but yeah, no, yeah, Seinfeld is... In real life, a Mets fan. I'm. I'm not. Hold aware. on, Ian, our stage manager today, is, is holding up his hand and nodding his head at me as though he has some information. Okay. Are you telling me the Mets have done a Seinfeld night? September 29th, twenty twenty one. They had a Seinfeld night. Look this up, Bubba. I need okay. you to look this up. September twenty ninth, twenty twenty one. Ian is telling me he doesn't have a microphone, so the, 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 he's talking to me, and the world can't hear him. Um, but he's telling me that 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 this actually happened, and that ten thousand fans got a bobblehead. I don't know what the bobblehead is of yet. What was the bobblehead? Oh, a t-shirt. They got a t-shirt. So I need to know about this. Where was I for this? Where was I on September twenty ninth, twenty twenty one? You finding anything, Bob's? Or is Ian just I see, lost I actually his mind see something completely. from uh, 2019. The Mets host Seinfeld night and reunite Keith Hernandez and Seinfeld. Seinfeld threw out the first pitch. Yeah. Uh, I remember Jerry throwing out the first pitch. And the first 25,000 people at the ballpark got a Seinfeld bobblehead. Okay. So we've had, we've had Jerry-related content before. So they before. have, yeah. But, okay. Fair enough. All right. But, I, but not Costanza on a whale before. You know, so. who, who, who among us could, could possibly pass on the possibility of getting a bobblehead of George Costanza on a whale, staring straight down into the blowhole. Okay, so that's good. I like that one. I'm glad we did it. Greeny presented by Progressive Insurance. Progressive can protect your home, auto, boat, motorcycle, ATV, RV, and more. In short, a lot of things. Bundle today at Progressive.com. I'm glad you brought back the other thing. This has nothing to do with the Mets, but it is actually based upon comments made by the Mets manager, who is Buck Showalter, who I will say is a friend. Buck worked at ESPN for years in between managerial gigs, and I think I've said this on the air many times. He's the smartest baseball person I know. I loved the best thing about working at ESPN for all the years that I have, and it was much more true in Bristol when I worked there um, and less so in New York because we just have fewer people come through here. But when you're in Bristol, I mean, on any given night, 
you could be sitting there and Buck Showalter might be sitting there and he might be prepared to explain things to you in baseball that you could never possibly have seen if you were just a fan. You could have spent your entire life watching the game as I have and yet he will see things, he will point things out to you that you will definitely never have noticed without him. In fact, I'll give you a quick story about that because I'm going to run up against a break here. I'll come back and I'll do the Buck Showalter topic in a minute. But I'll give you a quick story about that. And I've always said it should be, it would make a great This Is Sports Center commercial. This is going back, it's got to be 20 years. 20 years ago, Al Leiter was still an active major league pitcher. And then during the postseason, he would come and he would work on baseball tonight. He would do baseball analysis for us, you know, if and when his teams weren't in it. So I don't remember what year this was. But I was anchoring a late-night sports center. So in those days, sports center would go on the air at 2 a.m. Eastern time from Bristol, Connecticut. And I was the anchor of it one night, and it was during the World Series. And they would bring out a tape, a physical tape. In those days, when you would see highlights on the air, that was actually the product of, of someone popping a tape into a machine and someone else pressing play. It wasn't all digital and everything like it is now. So they would start by bringing that tape into the newsroom, They would give it to me. I'd walk over to a little VCR that's in the corner of the room and I'd pop it in and I'd watch it so I could see the highlight ahead of time and I'd be prepared to do the highlight on TV. And I see a pitch I don't recognize. I couldn't tell exactly what this pitch was. And um, I I know how to, I can watch a game and I think I know the pitch most of the time. I know what a fastball looks like, a curveball looks like, a changeup looks like. But I could not decide what this was. And all of a sudden, out of nowhere, Al Leiter just walks by me. He's just walking by. And I turned to him and I said, hey, Al, can you come over here a second? He comes over. I show him the pitch. He told me what it was for the life of me. Now, I can't remember. It was like, I think it was like a, a, a two-seam something. I forget what he said it was. God, it's terrible. It would make the story so much better if I remembered it. But whatever it was, he tells me what the pitch is. I said, hey, thanks a lot. And then he just walked on. And that was it. We had no other interaction the rest of that night. And it was, it would have made a great sports center commercial. But that's what I mean when I say it's sort of like having the answers to the test ahead of time when you work at ESPN, because we have all these brilliant minds around us to teach us these sports so that we can sound when we go on the air like we know everything we're talking about. Anyway, Buck Showalter was that guy for me for a very long time in baseball. But he said something a couple of weeks ago that has nothing to do with the X's and O's of baseball, but has everything to do with sports and why you love it and why I love it. And I will be fascinated to hear what you think of it. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. 
What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDIC. Greeny, the podcast. All right, Greeny with you. So before I get to this, what I think is very interesting topic, Bubba, can I just say I am disgusted with two people. Are you ready for this? Yeah. I'm disgusted. And you know who those two people are? No. One of them is you. Okay. And the other one is me. Right. Because somehow you and I were getting excited about the Brooklyn Cyclones having a Seinfeld night and a George Costanza bobblehead on August 19th. Right. But Ian, who is just moonlighting as our, as our TV uh, stage director today, he doesn't even usually do this show. He just pops in to tell me that they do this every year and that they've had one night, one year, they had an Elaine dance-off contest. Or they have it every year. Oh, Brooklyn. Yeah, people get up and try and dance like Elaine. Yeah, Brooklyn does. Yeah. Brooklyn does this every year. Right, yes. Why don't I know this? I, I don't know. Well, why have you not told me? I, I learned, you know how close I, I, I live to Brooklyn? I right now, I this... could swim across the river. I think I could hit a driver from where I'm standing and hit Brooklyn with it. And and that's how close I am to Brooklyn. I could go see people dance like Elaine. You can swim if I in the knew, East River like Kramer. I'm not swimming then that river, and, and, but, but, but I understand the point, and I could. I could swim that far. I would gladly swim somewhere else that far. Um, but the point of it is I can get to Brooklyn and watch that. Why didn't I know about this? I don't know. I mean, I just I just found out about it when I just found this story. So I was a little bit behind myself. But, yes. Um, yeah. As, as, so as Seinfeld that's... lunatics that we are, yeah. you and I should have known this. I'm disgusted with we, us. We dropped the ball on that one. Dropped it. I mean, I, honestly, I, I blame those Cyclones. They should have told us personally. God, I mean, they, 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 they don't need to call you with this information. They should have called me. This is something you should have otherwise known. I blame you completely. They should have called In the meantime, Ian is sitting in here the other day on our TV show, and he's wearing a Vandalay industry. T-shirt. I mean, well, why doesn't Ian tell us? This guy seems to know everything. Well, he is telling us. He just told us. He could have this told is why us two we now years know ago. This. Thanks a lot, Ian. Anyway, I blame everyone uh, except myself, um, which is the, the way things sometimes tend to work out. Okay, let's get to business. So, Buck Show Walter, I just went through a whole litany of the reasons that I like him and all of that. He said a really interesting thing. Let me set the table for you on this quickly. Because this is not limited to his team. This, I think, is a sports question. This is a question for all sports fans everywhere, particularly those who attend games, which I would assume includes a lot of the people listening to this conversation right now. So Pete Alonzo of the Mets has a big moment. He's a, a, a terrific player. Did he hit? I, I don't even remember when this happened anymore. Did he hit a walk-off home run or something yeah, like that? Like two weeks ago, he hit a three-run home run, game-winning home, walk-off at walk City off Field. Walk-off home yeah. run. And, you know, they're interviewing him after the game, and that can be heard not only on the television, but also by everybody in the stadium and everything else these days. And he utters a profanity in that. He, he does the let's go Mets, but he includes an F. Instead of LGM, right. he throws in an LFGM Mets. Which he's done in the past, but normally he actually will just, he'll do the initials. Right. This time he actually he does said that. It. I feel like he does that on social a lot, yeah, right? But yeah. he normally has never said it. This time he actually said it. So this time in his moment of excitement, enthusiasm, adrenaline, and all of that, it comes out. And of course, look, this what however many thousands of people there are in there, and who knows what percentage of them are little kids, and all the rest of that. And it wasn't bleeped on TV. I was watching live, and it just was aired live. So it airs live on TV. So Buck is on with Michael Kay and company on the Michael Kay Show, ESPN Radio New York. And they ask him, did it bother you 
that he used that profanity. And his answer surprised me. Because most of the time, managers just blindly defend their players no matter the circumstance. But in this case, Buck said this when asked if the profanity bothered him. Of course it did. So did it to his mother. You know, <laughs> hey, I learned my lesson a long time ago. My mother could read lips. And boy, that Sunday drive home after a day game when I would always call her and, and uh, put the phone on speaker and let her go, she would tell me. And I always felt horrible. So... Yeah, it's uh, not a good idea and something that I don't think you'll see happen again. I hope not. There's so much emotion flowing around. And let's face it, everybody on this call, with the exception of me, has used that word. Okay, it's just the venue you put it in. It's just the venue you put, I'm kidding, the venue you put it in and the people that are listening. And people are always listening here. It's just uh, unfortunate because I, I don't want somebody's day at the ballpark to be less than it could be because of something uh, someone heard that shouldn't hear it. What an exceptional answer that is. You're getting a taste now of why I like Buck so much. Because he is a thoughtful and intelligent person. And it really does bring up a fascinating point. Because our society just isn't the same as it used to be. That's not a value judgment. I'm not sitting here telling you it's better or worse. You'll hear a lot of old farts like me tell you how much better things used to be. And I promise never to be that. If I'm ever that, then that's the day I should vacate all of my shows and turn them over to people who understand the way the world is rather than the way the world used to be. Because this is the world is changing and it is evolving and it is moving forward and the only constant is change. And if you're not willing to accept that, then you get left behind. That's the reality of my business and every business. And it goes well beyond professional as well. But so the point is, I'm sure there are some people out there saying, what's the big deal? It's a word people use, as Buck said. All of us have used it. Why is it such a big deal that the player says that on a microphone when everyone can hear it? And then there are others who will say, I'm horrified by this. I'm disgusted by this. I, 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 I'm put off by this. As Buck said, my day at the ballpark was less than it otherwise could have been. Now, I was, not so long ago, a dad who used to bring my kids to games all the time. When my kids were little, would I have liked it if that had happened when my kids were little? I guess not. Certainly wouldn't have ruined the experience. You also cannot overlook the fact that in 360 degrees around you, meaning literally everywhere you turn, someone is yelling that word pretty loudly in the stands anyway. But it's different when one of your stars, one of your heroes down there on a microphone says it. So I want to throw open the phones to you at 888-SAY-ESPN. We, we, we brought this up once before, and we didn't have time to get into it. Are we evolving to a place now where that matters or it doesn't in sports? Does that stuff still matter? Are you put off by that? I'm not asking if there should have been some consequence. What are we going to say? Pete Alonso should have been suspended? Obviously not. Fined? Shunned? Cast out of decent society? No one, I would assume, in their right mind is arguing any of that. I guess what I'm actually asking is the opposite. Have we arrived at a place where we now accept that and we just say, eh, what's the big deal? No harm, no foul. You know, I'm old enough to remember when you couldn't say sucks on the air. If you said that, you, would, you, you, that was te- you couldn't say it. You couldn't say it. And now people say it so much that even I do sometimes. Even I will say, he sucks. And even every time I do, I get a little, a little jittery, a little feeling of what did I just say? 
because there's still something inside of me because I've been doing this so long that I, to me, you can't say that on the air. But everybody does now. Here's another one everyone says on the air. They say, man, he was really pissed. That's something we never would have said on the air 20 years ago. Never. Now you say it. Is that better or worse? I don't know. I can't tell you if it's better or worse. Most of me thinks it's worse. But it doesn't really matter. All of me recognizes it's not about what I think. It's about what the world thinks. It's about what sports fans think. It's about in what direction this is evolving. So how you feel about this subject may very well be determined in large part by your age. I grant that, or I understand that, but I still think it's worth hearing. 888-SAY-ESPN. Just felt like a conversation worth having. Babu, we got people that want to have it? Uh, yep, they're, we're answering them right now. We'll get them in like 30 seconds. Okay, so, so we've got, so as I mentioned, Cam is not here today. Hembo is not here today. Bubba's trying his best to sort of run everything in there. We got people uh, grabbing phone lines and all that kind of stuff. So the question is very simply, have we reached a point now where that doesn't even matter? Where we just, that goes in one ear, out the other. We're so used to it, we just won't bother with it. Let's see what we think. Bubs, who we got? All right, we'll start with Lonnie. All right, Lonnie, you're on ESPN Radio. The floor is yours. Lonnie, take it. Go. Hey, thank y'all for taking my call. I mean, if you watch the NBA uh, the NBA uh, playoffs, you've been hearing the F-bomb throw around all series. Get more than that. I'm thinking, you know, we're in, a, we're in a world now where, you know, kids, social media and everything, so we hear kids exposed to a lot of things, so... But a sports game, you know, tennis, you know, uh, people are adrenaline running and, you know, you got men out there playing the game at a high rate of speed. Things going to get said. So, I mean, parents just need to, you know, put them up on their ears if they don't want to hear or don't take them. But thank you all for taking my call. Thank you, Lonnie. I appreciate it. Um, I was having a bit of a difficult time hearing him. Uh, I don't know if it was his car phone, Bubba, but the audience yeah. was able to understand what he said. Yeah, clearly. I, mean, yeah, he, I had a little trouble was, making it out here. Saying, you know, you're going to hear those things. Adrenaline's running high at the games. The NBA playoffs were basically all the chance. Oh yeah, you know, oh, yeah the those, fans. Well, that's a, that's the example. Thank you, thank you, Lonnie, for bringing that up. Because last year, hilariously, Draymond Green used Draymond Green chastised the Boston fans for chanting the F word at him. Right. And then, upon winning the championship, got up there and used it about 50 times in the span of three minutes. Now, we get it. That's just sports. That's the way it goes. We're going back and forth. I'm getting at you. You're getting at me. It's all well and good. Again, I wasn't offended by any of it. But it is another example of how this stuff tends to work. It's not just Pete Alonzo. It's the fans chanting it. Fans will chant BS sometimes when things happen, bad calls. Now they chant refs, you suck. But that replaced the old chant, which used to be uh, the other one, which which is the initials of which are BS. And so there have been fans chanting this stuff in full arenas forever. So what does it matter if Pete Alonzo says that on a microphone? Or does it matter? But I, I, mean, I guess my question is, should the fans be doing that i mean i don't think we're ever going to stop but should I just they feel like, i mean again that's the point yeah should things happen if enough people want to do it then they should yes do you think so do i think so doesn't really matter what i think if enough people clearly 
there aren't the majority of people in that building are not so put off by it that it is interfering with their enjoyment of what's going on. Otherwise, it, yeah. it would be handled differently. I would just say, if at this point, like we talked about it before, what it was the F Trey Young, right. F, F Coach K, right. I mean, Alonzo, sometimes they slip whatever, but to me it's more upsetting when the fans are just chanting it. Mm -hmm. Again, I'm not personally offended by it. I went to plenty of games as a kid, too, when they would be swearing around me, but I just feel like it's – What's what's the next step if they're doing that now? I feel like we're we're in a society here for crying out loud. Like we should have some, you know, just decency. Yeah, I mean, like there, what's the next step? Well, where if you're, if that's okay, then what are you guys going to do next? Right. Look, what you're saying is that there is an element of decency that we have rapidly, well, not rapidly. I think it has slowly eroded right. in our sports arenas, in our sports environments over the years. And some, like maybe you and certainly me, bemoan that to a degree. But I'm trying very hard not to be the old guy in the room saying, you know, back in my day, they would never have done that. Maybe right. younger people just don't care about that. Do we have another call? Uh, yep, let's go to Roy. Roy, take it away, Roy. What do you think? Hey, nice to talk to you for the very first time. I love hearing you. Hey, listen, I'm old school. I'll be 60 next month. Look, baseball didn't start off this way. None of these sports did. It's wrong. We've lost so many family values. It's wrong. This is why our country's all screwed up now. No, it's not okay for the public announcer to slip ever they didn't do it back in the days when it first started how are you doing it now and we shouldn't be chanting crazy stuff because we know that kids are there and it's never going to be okay never we need to keep that we need to keep it american roy okay thank you thank you for the call i I do appreciate the perspective because if you're 60 years old i can see where you as he as roy just said he is then you feel like that stuff shouldn't be said in front of kids. That stuff is not the way that you should be. But you know what? And, and again, this most of me feels the same way. The American part of it has nothing to do with it. Th- regardless of where it is that we're having this, my, my sense of this is that in, like in European soccer, this is 8,000 times worse, right? And I've never been to one of those games. I get the sense that it is... I mean, generally speaking, that a lot of vile things get said very loudly at those games. I can't speak to it because I'm not there and I don't know it. And, and, and I, so I don't really, I don't have an informed enough opinion. But I do know that the coarsening of our culture, of our society, has been something that I have witnessed. It's been unmistakable over the course of the, look, the five decades of my life. And I think social media has done a lot to that. I think that gambling has done a lot to it, to where there are people now in these stadiums who have, have actual money beyond just their rooting interest in this. And so they're angrier, drunk and angry as a general rule, I think we all know is a bad combination for decorum. So I think we got a lot of that going on in sports. I knew we wouldn't come to a conclusion by bringing this up, and we most certainly have not. But I thought it was an interesting discussion and one worth having. And maybe it's one that we'll continue to have. Anyway, I'm on my way to Denver. We will have the Nuggets and the Heat for you on ABC starting on Thursday night. And I'm looking forward to being in the middle of that with Stephen A. and Jalen and Michael Wilbon and Woj and company getting you set for what we hope will be an outstanding NBA Finals. And I hope that you will come on the road with me. See you there. It's Greeny on ESPN Radio. Thanks for listening to Greeny the Podcast. You can listen live each weekday morning at 10 Eastern on ESPN Radio or 
Watch the show through the Watch tab on the ESPN app. Also catch Greeny on Get Up, weekday mornings at 8 on ESPN, and also available wherever you get your podcasts.